evening, folks. We are back for another episode of After Dark with Rob and Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. I am glad to be with you tonight. Again, tonight I am flying solo. And my topic tonight, as was previously last night, I had several things I wanted to talk about. Several things I want to talk about tonight, one of them being the great debate that was on Fox Business News. We'll also talk about Trump being in Michigan. I don't know if you guys saw the debate last night or not. I watched it. Or should I say it watched me? Because it kind of put me to sleep. Uh, There was no energy there. And uh, (laughs) I, I I see what's happened. I see what Fox is trying to do. I mean, they made a nemesis out of Trump. So Trump has refused to go to the debate, not that he needs to go to the debate, considering he's like 40 points ahead of his closest rival being Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, who has no personality whatsoever. And throughout the debate, he was trying to evoke Trump's name to elicit, I guess he wanted to say something so that, you know, in the news cycle, Trump will come back and attack him, and they can go tussle to tussle, one-on-one. It's not going to happen because Trump is seeing you as being insignificant. You're far behind the polls, and you're not going to catch up. The same thing with Chris Christie. Chris Christie wants Trump. He wants to engage Trump. So he's trying to say something that will get up under Trump's skin. It's not going to happen, and I hope Trump does not fall for it. So far, he hasn't, and he shouldn't. Chris Christie is only on the stage, or he was only on the stage during the debate, just to make it lively, uh, so that just in case he says something, that people will say, oh, well, he says something, and we love this. I mean, let's give it to him. Chris Christie is a rather uh, interesting character, but as far as him going after Trump to get Trump to take the bait, and then they go into like one-on-one, start attacking each other, it's not going to happen at this point, because I think Trump realizes that he will possibly be, or he's going to be the, the Republican nominee. So there's no need in him trying to engage or punch down at this point. He should just ride it out and just stay the course. Hopefully nothing will happen. And, you know, what? he will be the nominee, the eventual nominee. Now, the thing that does bother me is that these candidates, especially the Fantas, who's trying so hard to low a land a blow on Trump, like he was accusing Trump, as were some of the other candidates for causing inflation, was accusing Trump for unemployment. And you got to look at this and say, guys, what happens when he becomes a nominee? How are you going to take that back? Because you've now given him ammunition for the left to go after Trump. Not that they weren't going to use it anyway, but now they can say that you said this. So how are you going to take that back? I've never liked debates especially when they want the candidates to attack each other. Because once you've done it, especially if you're in the same party, now you've got to go and sing a kumbaya song and hold hands and say, now we've got to defeat the Democrats. It just never made a whole lot of sense. So, And if Ron DeSantis thinks he's going to be Trump's VP, and I, I doubt he's thinking that, and I know that Trump isn't thinking that, he can forget it. DeSantis messed up when he decided to listen to the big establishment party donors and telling him, you should run. You're doing a great job with Florida. You should run. This is your time. No, it wasn't your time. Look at Gavin Newsom, governor 
of California. Gavin wants to run for the presidency so bad. You can see it in his eyes. He wants it. I don't know why, because he's been a failed governor. If anyone were to vote for him, it's like, do you have rocks in your head? But of course, Democrats would vote for people like that. They don't care if you messed up. You fail up in the Democrat Party. As opposed to failing down, you fail up. The more you fail, the more they will elevate you. They did this in Chicago when Emmanuel Rahm ran for the governor, governor of, I mean, the mayor of Chicago. He failed up after destroying the city. But this is what Democrats do. If you fail up, they will put you out there. But you, so, and I'm speaking of uh, Newsom. You look at him; he wants to run, but he knows that it's not my time. I'm going to wait because if I step on Joe Biden's foot now, and he's horrible, Joe is horrible. I may never get another chance. So I'm going to be the party loyalist, and I am not going to run. Now, mind you, he was at the debate the other night, listening to the, these Republicans beat up or try to beat up on each other and attack Trump. They hear them say, well, Trump can't come. He won't debate because he can't defend his record. He's afraid. He's not afraid. He doesn't have to defend a record. Trump was one of the best presidents ever. And then COVID happened. But other than that, his policies, everything was on point. And then along came Joe Biden and the liberal media and social media, and they stole the election. And then they had all these other businesses and CEOs and judges that were working in cahoots with them. Now, can you imagine if we were to peel back the onion on that and the truth came out and all these people were held accountable for what they did in 2020? Now, I know that it's like people don't like for you to say that the election was stolen. They get all nervous and, oh, don't say that. And we don't want to hear it. You're going to get independence angry. But if the truth were to ever come out, if we were to have authors or writers, historians, to really report on what happened in 2020 that forever changed our country, it changed it fundamentally, economically, uh, culturally, it changed us. Because look at where we are now. We're in a position where we can't define what a woman is, and we're allowing men to take over women's spots places. You have Joe Biden who's pushing this with Richard Levin being over the something with dealing with health, the admiral or something, which makes no sense to me. And he shouldn't be there. But pretending to be a woman in this position. You have Jean Kareem Pierre, a black lesbian, as the White House press secretary. You have Joe Biden on Pride Day, which shouldn't be celebrated, it's just a day, having all these transgenders and gay people on the White House. You would have never had this. It's an identity. Why are we celebrating identities? Look at our school system. Look at what they're introducing to our school system. Look at the mutilation that they're pushing for our children, saying that it's gender reaffirming care, and it isn't. Ten years ago, we were attacking Africa for mutilating women in their genitalia. Now we're saying that it's okay. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that was a pivotal moment in our society. 2020, it ushered in a lot of silliness. And now we have got to take back the country by getting rid of Joe Biden. So this going back to the debate, 
that I fell asleep on because I, <laughs> I could not, I, I thought it was very, it was extremely boring. Now I did watch Trump. And when he went to uh, Michigan, as I said, and you guys noticed how the media is trying to spin this by saying that Trump is trying to, what did they say? What, what was the article that they said? He's trying to uh, copy Joe because Joe went to Michigan. no, Joe was copying Trump because Joe wasn't going to go to Michigan until he found out that Trump was going to go. And then he decided to go. And he was only there for like about 12 minutes, mumbling and grumbling, as I mentioned last night. He wasn't there, there, he wasn't there long at all, whereas Trump was there for almost three or four hours, toured a plant, and then he gave a, I think, like he was there for four, four hours because he toured the plant, and then he gave about a 90-minute speech to some of the uh, the workers that are on strike. That's amazing. And he was telling them, you know, because of Joe Biden, this is the reason why you're here, because of inflation. And Joe Biden trying to force everyone to buy electrical cars. Trump warned Michigan in 2016. He lost it in 2020. Again, thanks to the uh, collusion of the media, along with big uh, social media, big tech. But he was there laying, explaining to these workers, this is what happened. This is the reason why you're here, because of Joe Biden, sending our jobs overseas, forcing us to buy electric cars that will be made, some of the engines or will be made in China. And China is getting it from Africa because they're going there and they're mining cobalt, which is what's needed for these electrical cars. But as quiet as it's kept, no one is thinking about it. No one is breaking this down. You have all these uh, climate change activists saying, oh, yeah, get rid of gas, get rid of gas, get rid of gas. Not realizing that you still need gas to produce or manufacture these cars, electrical cars. Even Elon Musk said it, who was one of the first electrical car makers. He said, we can't get rid of gas cars. But they, they want to do it. So I was more in tune to that than to watching the debate on Fox Business News and on Fox itself. And, you, and one other, another reason why they were trying to attack Trump is that Fox wants Trump to appear. They wanted him to appear at the debate for the ratings. Had he shown up, the ratings would have gone through the roof, but he didn't show up. So it turns out that the debate the other night was like a, a, sne- a sne- snooze fest, a sleep fest. I certainly fell asleep. <laughs> I couldn't, like, whoa, what is this? Like, man, what are they talking about? I think that Nikki Haley did have, she was probably one of the breakout candidates, uh, she and Vivek Ramaswamy. But I think after last night's debate, some of these guys need to wrap it up and they need to go home because they're not going to, they're not going to even come close to Trump. DeSantis messed up. Like I said, when he jumped in the race too early, listening to these uh, power brokers, uh, the swamp, Nikki Haley She's not going to get it because of her loyal. There's a loyalty issue. There's a loyalty issue with with Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Ron DeSantis again, and I, I know I keep bringing his name up because it it really disturbs me the fact that he could have lost his first governor race, but Trump stepped in to help him out. 
he was going against Andrew Gillum. And had Trump not come in to help him out, he would not be governor today. He could have lost that. And this is how he thanks Trump by, I'm going to run against you. After saying that Trump was the best thing, that Trump was the real deal, he said this in 2016 and said it in 2020, and now I'm going to run against him because he got his head all filled up. And this is what happens when people fill your head up with nonsense. You think that I'm invincible. Oh, I can do it. I should do this. I should run. So you have the Carl Rose. You have the, the Republican establishment telling Ron DeSantis, you should run. You're young. You should do it. But he doesn't have the personality. He's not a people person. Even when he was on stage during the debate, you could tell he looked timid. He looked afraid. I was looking at him while he was watching some of the other candidates uh, give their comments. He was watching Babak, and he was probably thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe that you're on the stage with me. I should be getting all this attention. He doesn't look natural in that setting, Ron DeSantis. So he stepped out before his time, and I don't know if he'll ever be able to recover, maybe in 2028, Perhaps, I don't know. But if someone else comes along in 2028, I doubt seriously that Ron DeSantis will be the candidate. He should have waited. As I said, we look at Gavin Newsom. He wants to run for the Democrat presidency, but he's going to wait. He doesn't want to step on any toes. He's not going to miss this opportunity. Nikki Haley, as I said, loyalty issue. And then you have Mike Pence. Mike Pence can forget it. It's not going to happen. I didn't even listen to some of the things that he said. And he tried to make a joke, apparently, by saying that it's time to fire uh, Joe Biden and put him in the unemployment line. And people just looked, sat there and looked at it. I've mentioned this before about Mike Pence. Mike Pence, I'm sure, is a good Christian man. But if you remember, back on Jan 6, before Jan 6, Mike Pence had told the American people or the voters that voted for Trump that they would have their day, that their voices would be heard. It was referring to when he got ready to certify the votes. Well, he didn't do that. He backtracked and he claimed, oh, well, Trump wanted me to overthrow the election. No, he didn't. He wanted you to fulfill your constitutional duties, the constitutional duties that the Democrats have since gone back and have modified and have changed. And I bet a lot of people don't know about that. They changed it shortly after Jan 6. They decided, well, we're going to go in and make certain that the vice president's role is strictly ceremonial. Well, if it was always ceremonial, why did you have to go and change it? You see, these are things that the left media or the right media will not tell the American people, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to remind you the same way I'm going to remind you that Mike Pence said that the voters would have their day. And the day of the certification of the votes, according to the Constitution, if a representative stood up and said, I want to challenge a particular state's vote or electorate and have a senator to join in with him, the vice president is supposed to take the electoral votes and send them back to the state to be certified and say, do you want to use these votes? Yes or no. That is up to the state to make that call, not for the vice president. Mike Pence did not do that. And because of that, Mike Pence has fallen down on my meter. He will never be president. I will not vote for him. He should give it up and go home. Pack your bags up and go home. It's over. Tim Scott, Tim Scott is a lovely man, but Tim Scott, too, low energy. He doesn't have what it takes to get to the next level. I don't even know if he has what it takes to be vice president. I think that Brian Donalds, uh, the representative from Florida, I mean, this guy, he has what it takes. We need a fighter. And I don't see Tim Scott as being a fighter. Tim Scott is a nice man. 
but he's just not a fighter. And then there's another guy who's on the stage, Gorm, who was, the, I think, the governor of North Dakota or South, South Dakota. It's a smart man, but he's lost. No one knows who he is. He's just there. So I think at this point, the RNC under Rona McDaniel, she needs to make a decision to say, we need to get off some of these candidates. We need to change the standards to get them on the stage so that we can move on to the general, which is what Trump has done. Trump has pivoted. He's moved on to the general. Yes, he will from time to time mention some of these characters. Like the other day, he went to, think of South Carolina, Nikki Haley's territory, where she was the governor. He didn't mention her name, but he did allude to the fact that he made her the secretary of uh, the UN secretary just to, you know, to help her out. But then she decided to, oh, forget about him. I'm going to run for the presidency. So much for loyalty. So that was the extent of the debate that I watched. Like I said, it was a sleeper for me. I kept dozing off. I was wide awake for Trump's when he went to Detroit. To, I think it, what was it? it was Clinton Township, Michigan. Not Detroit, but Michigan. Clinton Township to speak to the uh, – the strikers there, the folks that are on strike with the UAW, uh, and I think thought he did a good job as always. I mean, he talked about what he's going to do for the economy, what he's going to do when he becomes president again. Despite everything that he's going through, uh, this man is – he's a true patriot, and we need more people like Trump. So we're coming up on a break. I'm going to come back because there are some other things I want to talk about in addition to t- uh, continue to talk about Trump's uh, – his appearance in Michigan. I also want to talk about this nutty judge in New York City, Judge Arthur F. Aragon. Uh, so I will see you on the other side of the break. You listen to After Dark with Robin Andrew. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells, and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. 
Okay, folks, here we go again for the second half of After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. Uh, want to continue our conversation about the debate. And I mentioned we had gone to break. I tease you about talking about this judge, Judge Aragon and Letitia James, the attorney general here in New York. But before I do that, let me just finish up with the debate. And I'll probably pepper my conversation about the debate throughout tonight's episode. I think that Let's see here. I'm just looking at my notes here. Uh, you know, I I think these debates, as I said, I don't like them, but I think they have their – there's a place for debates for you to meet the candidates. And when I hear people saying that, oh, I, you know, I never did know this candidate and I want the debates because I want to know who these people are, I get that. But only if they just keep the debates focused on what the candidates plan to do as opposed to the candidates attacking each other. That I just don't – I don't get. And you look at Vivek, uh, who had risen up in the poll. I, I don't think he'll be president. A lot of people are concerned that he possibly will. And now you hear – you see all these things coming out about him, that he had invested in China. He had business dealings with China. He had connections with George Soros. That's a lot of stuff, you know, and that doesn't really bother me because people change. They change their positions and they do other things. And he said that when he found out what China was doing, he was like, I don't know. Let me back out of this. I, I want to do something different. But a lot of people have, they have problems with that. And I think the only reason why is that they're going to use this as an attack to try and stop him from increasing his uh his poll numbers but i don't have a problem with that uh and i saw he and nikki haley they like attacked each other they were going backwards and not attack each other but they had a little tussle here and there he and tim scott but again i think this is all designed because a lot of people see him as you know he could be like the out the, the person who could really dominate or increase his lead in the polls but right now, like I said, I don't think none of these people are going <laughs> to they're going to uh, surpass Trump, especially like Mike Pence, the loser that he is. Sorry, Mike Pence. Like I said, you were a good person, but now forget about it. Now, switching gears, I want to talk about this judge, Judge Arthur F. Aragon, who came out and said that Trump, what did he say? Trump committed fraud with in his business dealings and lying about his real estate. And that he overestimated the real estate values and that a lot of his properties in Florida and New York, they're not worth the values that he had given it. And this is huge, what this judge did by saying that Trump committed fraud, because in essence, he's saying that Trump can no longer do business in New York City, and that could cripple Trump. Now, what I find equally interesting is that lawyers who know real estate, who know the market, aren't coming out to call this judge out and say, this judge is crazy. And by the way, if you were to Google this guy and look at his picture, you too would think he's crazy. Not only the ruling, but the way he looks. This guy's a lunatic. He's, he's loony. For one, no one has been harmed. Let's say that Trump overestimated, inflated the values of his property, which is what people do. And we, we spoke about that last night. But no one was harmed. Trump has paid back all of his debt, his loans, to the banks. The banks made a profit. So why are we even having this conversation 
Why did this even go to court? Why was the lawsuit filed by Letitia James? Well, we know that Letitia James had said when she was running for the attorney general that she was going to go after Trump. She said this. It's on tape. It's not something that we're making up. You can Google it unless Google wants to take it down as if they want to try to hide it. And if that's the case, let me know and I'll put it up because I have a copy of it. But she said she was going to go after him. So this whole thing with, oh, Trump defrauded investors and he overestimated his property. And, and she wants him to pay, I think, like a $750 million fine. This is insane. So next week, this judge is going to uh, hear – it's like in a civil case, and he's going to hear additional things, and he's going to assess a fine to Trump. They want to bring, bankrupt him. You should have every lawyer out there saying, this is wrong. We can't do this. This makes no sense. This is a personal vendetta to destroy this man, to destroy his livelihood, to destroy everything that he's built by saying that he can't do business here in New York City. Okay, and people are looking at this because it's Trump, but they're setting precedent because if this is successful, it's Trump today. But let's say tomorrow it's someone else. If I were Jeff Bezos, I would even jump out there and say, this is wrong. You guys can hate this man, but what you're doing right now, this is all politically motivated, and we need to stop it, and we need to move on, and we need to call this judge out because this judge should not be sitting on the high court. And by the way, he's a Democrat judge. Don't anyone find any something wrong with this? The candidates last night should have called this out. They should have said, this judge is crazy. You can't do this. You're stifling business. You're going to make every other business, every other company afraid of you. Because if you're going to do this to Trump, you got to go in and you got to assess all the other real estate in New York because all the other uh, real estate owners have done the same thing. Look at the World Trade Center, uh, Silverstein, Larry Silverstein, who owns, has a portfolio of real estate. Don't you think that he probably overestimated the values of his property? If you recall back some time ago, about, uh, about 20 years ago, when they were trying to rebuild the World Trade Center, he was saying that the insurance co companies owed him like billions of dollars on each building because of his estimate of the buildings. He gave his estimate, and then an appraiser came in and gave it an estimate. So what this judge is saying, it goes against everything about appraisers, values, Everything. He's just made something up whole cloth. This is wrong. And if this man is successful, he should be kicked off the courts. He should be dragged off the courts. And then he should be thrown in jail. And he should lose his law license. This is not how we operate as Americans. This is wrong. Completely wrong. Don't take my word for it. Go to Google, go to DuckDuckGo, and you can read it, and you can see that this is wrong. This is not how this works. The judge doesn't get to decide this. The judge doesn't get to just make up laws whole cloth because he's a Democrat. The judge just doesn't get to make up all this because he wants to go after Trump because Letitia James said he should do it. It's, this is the same thing with Alvin Bragg's lawsuit, that Trump used money to pay off uh, Stormy Daniels. After saying that he wasn't going to pursue this, he decided early this year, oh, well, I'm going to pursue it now. This is the reason why if I were Bob Menendez, 
the senior senator from New Jersey, I would fight the charges that they're brought in. I would fight it all the way. I would say, nope, not going to do it. This is not how you guys are going to take me out because Biden's Department of Justice is corrupt. And if I were him, I would call it out and I would say it's corrupt the same way this, the persecution of Donald Trump is wrong. They're doing the same thing to me. Now, albeit, you got to admit, Bob Menendez, what he did looks kind of shady. But still, I would not trust anything coming out of this White House's Department of Justice because they are all corrupt and crooked. But they want you to think what they're doing is right. And you have a lot of people that are sitting there saying, oh, we got Trump. Now we got him. It's going to stop him. And it's like the hole you dig for, your, for him today, for your enemy, your perceived enemy, is a hole you will fall in. Because Trump has done nothing wrong. He assessed his property. He said, well, it's worth this amount. And the banks gave him money. And if the banks didn't believe what it was saying, all they had to do is what you're supposed to do is gotten their own appraiser to appraise the property. But you know what's interesting? That as this judge was coming out with his ruling, James Comer was releasing emails and wire documents showing money coming from China, going to Joe Biden's residence in Delaware. I mentioned this last night. At the same time, this was happening. And if you notice, there's a pattern here. Every time the Democrats are exposed for something that they've done, every time Joe Biden, something has to fall down on Trump so that they could take your attention away from what's really happening to a make-believe, made-up charge that they're throwing against Trump so they can say, see that he's bad. When Hunter Biden was indicted, we got to indict Trump again. Oh, we found out something else against Trump. You got Jack Smith coming out saying, oh, I want to I wanna put a gag order on him. These people are working in concerted effort, and I hope to God that this can be exposed even if it means exposing the media. And now you hear them saying that Trump is saying that he's going to go after his enemies. And I heard the other day uh, Ron DeSantis made a comment. Yep, going back to Ron DeSantis. He made a comment. And he's saying, oh, we can't trust Trump because Trump said he was going to build the wall. Trump also said that he was going to go after Hillary Clinton, and he didn't do it. So can we trust him? He's saying that if he gets back into office, that he's going to clean up the, the swamp again. And he was referring to the swamp when he's making these uh, accusations. And I'm thinking, okay, he just said that Trump said that he was going to go after Hillary Clinton. And Trump said clearly, these are nice people. I don't want to do anything to them. So I'm going to move on. Now, I personally think it was a mistake because look at where we are now. He gave Hillary a get-out-of-jail card. But look at how she returned the favor by creating this entire Russia collusion lie backed by Barack Obama. There is the story, and if we had a legitimate media on both sides of the aisle now, I've just got to call them all out because you got people on Fox. They're not saying anything about it. They see this is happening. Going back to the judge, <laughs> they see what this judge, Judge Arthur Argon, has done, and no one wants to explain it. No one wants to go into details and say this is wrong. Sands, Greta Van Susteren on Newsmax. I'm really impressed with her. She has a long background. And she has been dissecting all of this, all of it. I used to watch Brett Baer on Fox News. I don't watch him anymore because I don't find that he's uh, fair and balanced. 
I think he's just reading a piece of paper and in it giving his own opinion. But she, Greta, was on top of this and she called it out. She said that what this judge is doing is wrong. She also mentioned Judge Tanya Chutkin, who's going to hear the case brought by Jack Smith. Because remember, I say remember, but just in case you guys weren't aware, but Trump's attorney submitted paperwork saying that this judge, Tanya Shutkin, who is from, I think she's part Asian, she's part Indian, part Black. Her family is from Jamaica, similar to Kamala Harris. Kamala's dad is Black. Her mom is Indian. I think that uh, Chutkin's dad might be Black and the mom Indian. It's some type of mixture. But anyway, they submitted paperwork saying that she should recuse herself. She came back and said, no, I'm not going to recuse myself. No, why wouldn't she recuse herself? No, I think she should recuse herself because, for one, she's expressed a dislike for Trump. Number two, she has been very hard on the January 6th protesters, locking them up in jail indefinitely. Meanwhile, she's done nothing or said nothing about the folks who were protesting uh, the summer of 2020. She said nothing about that. But those guys, oh, we've got to throw them away. We've got to throw away, the, put them in jail and throw away the key. So she said that she's not going to recuse herself. And she's also trying to rush this case to trial. She wants it to go to trial one day before Super Tuesday in March. Why can't this wait? Why the rush? So she's doing the work for the Democrats because they're all tied together. They're all in cahoots. Who's going to hold these people accountable? What high authority is going to hold them accountable? You would think that the media would do it, but the media is not going to do it. Because they're sitting there, they're watching this. And you have some attorneys who are afraid. They're sitting there, they're watching this. Let's see if Trump can get out of this. If I were an attorney, I would volunteer my services and say, no, I want to be on this. He doesn't have to pay me anything because we have to show the American people that justice does work. We have to show the American people that justice cannot be weaponized to go after someone that you don't like. And that's what this judge is doing. This judge has no credibility with me. She should be another judge who should be recused, who should lose her law license because she cannot be fair and objective. And by the way, this judge, Tonya Chutkin, interestingly enough, she was a partner at a law firm that Hunter Biden worked at. Now, some would say, oh, well, you know, she can still be fair and objective. No. Any presence or any indication that there might be a conflict of interest, you would think that person would step down. But see, she's so full of herself, and she knows what she's doing. She knows that she's not going to be fair. She knows that when she starts giving her jury instructions, it's going to be slanted to go against Trump. She knows this already, but she also knows that no one's going to hold her accountable because she's a black woman or woman of color. So no one is going to stand up and call her out. She knows this. But if I were a judge, I would call her out and I would say, I'll do respect, but my colleague is not acting judiciously. I would call her out because it has to be done. Someone has to call these individuals out and say, what's happening is wrong. Judge Aragon, you're wrong. You have misread the law. You're reading what you want to say. You're giving your own personal opinion because of Letitia James. Someone has to stand up at some point. We need someone in our society to stand up and to challenge these individuals and tell them you are wrong. 
you don't even have to have a law degree to look at this and say that is and see that is wrong. It stinks to high heaven. These people are acting unilaterally. They're acting on behalf of Joe Biden's Department of Justice, which is corrupt. We can't allow this to continue. This has to stop. I mean, and as Trump said, as he said the other night when he was talking to those workers that are on strike in Clinton Township, Michigan, he said, I'm doing this for you. And I believe that. Because if Trump were to decide not to run, if he had said, I'm not going to run for the presidency, he would not be persecuted the way he's being persecuted, as if though he's in China or Russia. This is a deliberate persecution to stop him, to ruin him, to embarrass him, so that he cannot run for the presidency of the United States. We're up against another commercial break. We'll be back after this commercial break for the last half of After Dark with Rob and Andrew. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. So here we are, folks, the last half of the show. And I'm still talking about these corrupt judges that are supposed to sit in judgment of Trump and how this judge Tanya Chutkin is refusing to step down and then she wants to try and speed rush the trials to coincide with the election. You had Fannie Willis trying to do the same thing wanting to try all the defendants at once in October and then a judge whom she, I think McAfee, who apparently at one point worked for her told her that she couldn't do it and that they were going to split up some of the uh, the defendants and try them separately. But one of the things that I want our listeners to be aware of 
that I think that some of you probably aren't aware of is that a speedy trial is for the defendant and not for the prosecutor. And it's not for the judge. A speedy trial is for the defendant, the person whom charges have been brought against. And in this instance, it's Donald Trump. And Trump had reached out to Chutkin, his camp, and said that they wanted to slow things down because they wanted to read all of the documents, the indictments and things, the charges that have been uh, leveled against him. And her response was that, no, you have ample time to read it. You can read it over the upcoming holidays. You can read it in between your breaks. In other words, she's like, no, I don't care. I don't care what you want to read. We're going to stick with this time schedule. And then she threw in, she goes, well, because I remember when I was in practicing law, when I was in law school, we learned that lawyers don't read all that stuff anyway. Now, she says this. They don't read it anyway. It doesn't matter what they don't read. They're required to do it. They're required to represent their client in the most effective and judicious way. And now you're trying to keep them from doing it for your own selfish gain. Well, not for her own selfish gain, but for the gain of the Democrat Party. They want to rush this trial, this case to court, to trial, so that the attorneys aren't prepared, so that she can make all of her crazy rulings, so that she can give the juries uh, crazy instructions, so that they will, of course, find Trump guilty. And that will probably happen anyway, because it's in D.C. They're going to find him guilty. D.C. is predominantly Democrat. Remember this happened when the uh, John Durham brought a case against a Sullivan guy. And the judge, the fix was in, the judge knew that the jurors were going to find him not guilty. Not guilty of lying to the FBI, not guilty for lying to the courts about FISA and what he knew. Found him not guilty. So the same thing will happen in this case unless... Shutkin is removed, or unless the case is moved outside of D.C., and it should be. Trump is supposed to be tried by a jury of his peers. There's no one in D.C. that's the jury of his peers. No one. They're all Democrats, and they all hate it. And that's what the establishment, the deep swamp, is hoping, that they all hate him. We know that we're going to get a guilty verdict. And that's the reason why I think some of them are mad that there's a case that's going to be held in Florida, because they know that in Florida, Trump has a, you know, a good shot at being found not guilty. So, of course, they're like trying to ramrod the judge, trying to find everything that she does. is It's wrong and it, it can't be done this way. Meanwhile, Jack Smith is back in his office trying to look up more things to indict Trump on. All the while, we're finding out that Hunter Biden was receiving payments from China. Oh, and we also found out, I think the whistleblowers were saying that the left tried to, right, here it is right here. The Department of Justice delayed Hunter Biden's charges ahead of midterms so as not to shoot themselves in the foot per whistleblower documents. The media is not going to cover that. They don't want you to know about it. They're still saying, where is the evidence? I saw a press conference the other day when uh, there was a member of the House Judiciary Committee, I think, 
they were laying out the case and they had brought up uh, the email incident whereby Trump was uh, – what was it? Hunter Biden was saying that he wanted money from someone from China and that the money was being sent to – or was, was wired to Delaware. And you had this reporter saying, well, that doesn't mean that Joe was involved in it. And the Republican representative said, yeah, but it went to his house. That doesn't mean anything. What else do you have? And he kept challenging everything that was being presented. And finally, the guy just said, I'm sorry, but what paper, what news organization are you with? And the guy goes, CBS. He said, okay, fine. Because everything that I say, you're going to refute it. You're not going to believe anything that I say. And that's what's happening. We have a mountain of evidence showing criminal behavior, bad criminal behavior. Well, not bad because criminal behavior is bad. A mountain of evidence showing that Joe and his son did something nefarious. But the left, they're looking at this and saying, oh, there's nothing to see here. We got to move on. This is just a witch hunt. Oh, there's nothing to see here. Oh, we know that we it's we it, we see that Joe did visit some of Hunter Biden's business partners, although he said that he didn't visit them, although he said he didn't know who they were. But now we see that it did happen. We have whistleblowers. Daniel Archie said that Joe was there, but they're still saying, "Oh no, that's nothing. That, that's nothing here. You guys are just making things up." He can say hi to his his business partners. Remember that guy Dan Goldman? He even said that Joe was asking about the weather. How far-fetched can they go? They don't want you to see the truth, so they won't report on it. And if they do, they will challenge it. They will see that you're lying. Every day you have Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, his parmar, who's now his wife. And I think she's had plastic surgery. Yeah, her face looks kind of different. Yeah, just like well, Joe Biden's had. We can talk about Joe. Some somebody might say, "Oh, well, don't talk about women; they're plastic surgery." I talk about Joe also. Joe's had Botox. He's had rather bad Botox. Maybe it's the uh, the chemicals from the Botox because when they insert you with Botox, I hear that they're putting in some type of uh, bacteria that's uh, that ordinarily would be it's considered dangerous. But when they put it in your face, I guess it's okay. So Joe has had that. He also had plugs, had hair put in his head, but that didn't work either. But anyway, going back to Joe Scarborough, every morning they get up and pontificate. They say that Trump is a threat to democracy and that Trump has done something wrong. Trump has done something nefarious. And when they talk about it, they have these solemn looks. You have Willie Geis. He's looking like, oh, oh, the biggest liberal going. I don't like that guy. I don't like him because I don't like his politics. It's sad because it's, it's gotten to the point now that some of these people who have these like way out there beliefs, I sometimes I can't even have a conversation with them. I, I don't even like listening to some people's music when I know their political affiliation. I mean, if, especially if they're out talking about it nonstop, like, oh, this is I, like I can't. It bothers me. I look at the guy, uh, John Legend, beautiful voice. I used to like his music. Now I can't even listen to it. Because whenever I play it, I hear him talking about his politics. A lot of folks felt the same way about Barbara Streisand, beautiful voice. But whenever they heard her, it's like, oh, no, I hope Gladys Knight, I hope she never gets involved in this stuff. Don't say anything. Just be quiet. Because it does, it bothers me. Some actors, I can't watch a lot of movies. 
because I see their politics and when they're acting. Gosh, how did we get to this? Like I said, 2020, that was a turning point. It was a turning point because the Democrats were able to lie, steal, and cheat, take the election, and then they forever changed our culture, our way of life, our society. We now see how corrupt our justice system is, how judges are going after individuals, innocent people, going after parents because parents don't want their children learning about this transgender mess. And that's all that is, a bunch of mess. That's for adults, not for children. They're trying to sexualize their children. And we saw this coming way, way, way long time ago. And we said nothing. And our poor children are being impacted by this. And we as adults, we're watching this. And it's only a matter of time that they'll probably start allowing children to engage in sexual relationships with adults. That's coming down the pipeline. And when they do, I guess they're going to let every pervert out of jail. Every child molester, let them out of jail. Because it's okay now. That's where the Democrats are leading us. Yes, they're leading us to this. Well, look at Joe Biden always sniffing on little kids' head. They're here. And we can't forget about that diary that his daughter wrote that the CIA was like feverishly trying to get and hide. Yeah, don't go. I keep saying Google it. Go to DuckDuckGo. I think it's Ashley Biden's diary. A lot of revealing stuff she has in that about her dad. Oh, and speaking of Joe Biden, you guys heard the latest about his dog, Commander? Was it? Is that the dog? The new? Well, it was German Shepherd almost bit the hand off of a Secret Service agent. What the heck is going on with this dog? Or what the heck is going on with the Biden clan? That dog apparently is uneasy at the White House. There's something that's going on there that's making that dog uh uh, you know, uneasy having to be biting people. And I think it has to do with Joe, because remember Joe said once he came out on the campaign trail, he had a big bruise on his head, and he said that he was chasing the dog after he had gotten out of the tub. Why were you chasing the dog in the in the buff? What were you planning on doing to that dog, Joe? We never got a straight answer, and the story seemed far-fetched. And people laughed about it and said, oh, there's nothing to see here. Ha, 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 ha. And, of course, you know what I'm going to say. Just imagine had that been Trump. Trump's dog is biting the Secret Service. They must be beating that dog. They must be doing something to that dog. How can that dog? That dog can't rest. But would Joe give him a pass? Give him a pass. Joe, don't say anything. And it's okay. There's something going on with that, with that dog and the White House. And we need to find out what it is. Going back to my judges, Judge Aragon and Judge Tanya Chotkin, they're no good. They're not worth their jurisprudence, and they should be investigated, as well as any of the other judges that are uh, – Judge Markin, also another judge in New York City, who decided to tack on additional fees for this case that Trump – this woman saying that Trump raped her, and she's now saying that Trump def- defamed her. Guys, none of this stuff makes any sense. And when you read it, it's, it's if though some high school student sat down and decided to write a, a, a story, a fiction, nonfiction, 
because it's just as far-fetched as fantasy land, but yet and still it's happening here in America. This is actually happening in America. Our justice system has been weaponized to go after one man because they don't want him to make America great again. They don't want him. They're mad because he has been exposing them for the corrupt people that they are, exposing the system, and they don't like it. So we have to shut him down. We're going to use all of our resources to shut him down. The same way we stole the election in 2020, we're going to use all of our resources to try to shut him down so he can't run in 2024. But I hope Americans are on to this. I hope they wake up because this is not about Trump. This is about you. This is about our way of life. And if they succeed, they would have set precedent. And whenever you go to court and you do something that they don't like, they can change the laws to go after you. So remember, this is not about him as it is about you. And we have to stop them. We have to stop them. Look at the violence that's taking place. And look at Target. Target just came out and said, we're going to close doors in Harlem, New York City. We're going to close doors, uh, I think, nine stores around the country, some in California. Why is that? Look at what happened in Pennsylvania the other night. A mob went in and robbed an Apple store in Lulimon. Lulimon, the same uh, franchise or corporate company that fired staffers for trying to stop shoplifters. Now, two nights ago, you got this mob to come in and just went in and just destroyed the place, ransacked the place. And you know who they consisted of? Black and brown people. You might have one white or two there. You know, you got to even it out. But a majority of them were black and brown people. A majority of the people that are committing crimes, they committed the crimes at Target. The reason why Target wants to close are black and brown people. Look at California. Look all around you at who's committing the crime. Black and brown people. Now, some people will come out and say, oh, well, look at the statistics. It's white people also. But proportionately? The folks that are doing this are black and brown people. And why are they doing it? They're doing it because the justice system has told them, well, you've been oppressed, and it's okay for you to go out and steal and rob and pillage. And then five years later, those same people will be sitting up in their neighborhoods where they have no stores saying, where are all the stores? We've got to get on the bus and go across town two hours to go get goods and supplies. And that's not fair. It is fair. Companies don't want to be in your neighborhood if you're going to tear things down. Well, white people don't want to live around us. It's white flight. Of course it's white flight. They don't want to live around all that craziness. You're tearing up stuff, robbing them, going into their homes, beating up their sons and daughters. And then you want to say, oh, that's racism. They don't want me here. Of course they don't want you in the neighborhood. And I wouldn't want you in the neighborhood. And where are our preachers? Where are the black leaders to tell our kids to cut it out, to stop it? They're nowhere to be seen. And of course, these liberal judges, they're not going to say anything about it because they're too busy trying to go after the white man. Let's make sure we punish them for what they did years, years, years ago. But who's going to punish the black and brown people for what they're doing right now? Making black people and brown people look bad, putting a target on our backs that we can't obey the law because we're too dumb and we're too stupid. Black people are too dumb and too stupid to obey the law. So we got to dumb it down. We got to let them do whatever they want to do. Now, I'm sure people are, some of you are out there saying, oh, well, white people, they do the same thing. I don't care about that. I'm concerned about black and brown people where this is impacting them disproportionately because our communities are the ones that are suffering. 
But no one wants to call it out. Of course, Al Sharp is not going to call it out because he had his day with Tawana Brawley. And now that he can put on a three-piece suit, lose weight with his big head looking like a one of those bobblehead characters, and come in and people, oh, Al Sharpton, he doesn't care. You don't see him in Chicago marching, telling people to stop killing each other. You don't see Barack Obama doing it. You don't see anyone doing that. They want to cover it up. But every weekend, like clockwork, black people are being killed. Then we want to talk about Black Lives Matter. Of course, Black Lives Matter. All lives matter. But I don't think black people got the memo that their lives matter and that they can't go around killing each other. Nor can they go around destroying their communities, going into stores, pillaging the stores, and then taking the stuff and selling it on eBay. This is crazy. A vote for Joe Biden is a vote to continue this nonsense. A vote for any Democrat. That's the reason why the mayor of of Dallas decided to switch parties. Because he's tired of this mess. Black people should be walking away from the Democrat Party in droves, saying, no way, uh uh-uh, we're tired of this. We're tired of you treating us as if though we're second-class citizens that we can't obey the law, allowing black people to tear up our communities. We're tired of this. We're tired of it. But they won't. Come election day, they will all walk there in single-file line and vote for the Democrats. And they will complain and say, oh, you're trying to suppress my vote, Stacey Abrams who got the all-star game to leave Georgia and move to Lily White, Colorado. Thanks a lot, Stacy. What a girl. You batting 100. Black people got to wake up. Electors have got to wake up. The soccer moms have got to wake up. The suburban moms have got to wake up. So many people need to wake up before it's too late. Because if we don't wake up, if you don't wake up, you're going to wake up in hell. Your communities, your neighborhoods will be turned into a living hell. You've been listening to After Dark, Robin Andrew on the America Outlaw platform. Tune in again tomorrow night. We'll be bringing you another episode. And as we always say, as my dear friend Andrew would always say, stand for something or fall for nothing. God bless. Be safe.